Well, hello and welcome uh, to Great Hills Baptist Church. So delighted to have you join in with us today and worship the Lord. Uh, it's May 17, and uh, I know these are uh, crazy days in which we are living unprecedented times, but God is on the throne and God is doing amazing things. And so we welcome you today. My name's Danny, Danny Forshe, serve as the pastor here at Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin, also the president of the Danny Forshe Evangelistic Association. Um, again, so delighted to have you. Maybe you're on Facebook watching us. Go ahead and push your share button. And that is a great way to let other people know that you are uh, with us at Great Hills, or maybe you're on the live stream, the uh, YouTube channel, Twitter. Hey, great. What, however you're tuning us in, we're thrilled that you're watching and that you're participating and worshiping the Lord with us. So uh, June 7th is coming in just a few weeks. That is our target date to come back here into the worship center. And so uh, you'll be hearing more information. I'll be communicating more with Great Hills Church uh, about what that day will look like. It will be different. I'll go ahead and share with you with the social and physical distancing with limited exits and entrances, uh, limited a number of bathrooms. There will be no childcare. Uh, there will be no children's worship. And so and if you're sick, please stay home. But if you're not, come. Oh, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to uh, us be together as the body of Christ, June the 7th. And so please, please be praying about that as we are communicating more, we'll be communicating more information to you. Okay, so by God's amazing grace, uh, we at Great Hills, we have been able to move ahead and move forward even during these crazy uh, pandemic times. And, and let me explain what, what I mean by that. Um, and, and by the way, before I go any further, I just got to say thank you, Lord. Thank you for the technology that we have, uh, for the media ministry God's blessed us with, with the social uh, media ministry God has given us. You know, this pandemic did not catch us unaware I'm so glad and grateful to God that our church is debt free and that we have already the, the pieces in place, both for uh, the standard media and also for the social media. Speaking of the social media, I got this note uh, not long ago. It says, just to give you an idea of the number of people that God is allowing us to reach, for example, through Facebook. This is from our social media director. It says, the number of people who have seen us on their newsfeed, check this out, in a 28-day time frame, was 327,000. That's up 1.8 thousand people compared to the previous uh, 28 days. That's not crazy. And as far as post engagements, which means, you know, you liked it or you loved it or you were sad or you're wild or whatever, 28.9 thousand people. That's crazy. And our social uh, media uh, director, Layton, says only two words can explain this. This is God's mathematics. And I agree. You know, oftentimes when tragedy or difficulty comes, there's the temptation of just to, you know, to cocoon and to kind of come inward. But, man, I believe it's an opportunity for us to step up and step outward. I'm so grateful. I praise the Lord for you, Great Hills, and the ways uh, that you're doing this. Some of the nations that have tuned in over the last uh, several weeks, uh, India, Nigeria, Philippines, Kenya, Rwanda, Egypt, Brazil, Russia, Canada, Argentina, and, and I got a whole nother list of nations that we're being able to impact uh, with the gospel right here from uh, Great Hills Baptist Church. So, so glad and so excited that our church is continuing to move ahead and 
move forward in ministry. And, you know, Paul says in Galatians 6.10 that we should do well for everybody, help everybody, but especially to those who are of the household of faith. Our household of faith is Great Hills Baptist Church in Austin, Texas. And so we've been able to minister, help financially. In fact, we've called everybody. Uh, everybody should have received a phone call from one of the leaders at Great Hills just checking on you, praying for you uh, during this COVID-19. In the process, we found out some of our members have this virus. And so we've particularly been praying for them and asking God for healing and for grace uh, in their lives. Also, we've been reaching, reaching out. And I'm so glad we've been reaching out. Again, this is not the time to, you know, to step back or to, uh, uh, you know, be, you know, like, oh, well, we just can't do it. No, we're able to step ahead. And, and for example, to feed hundreds of people on the front lines and also to provide hundreds more little cups of, uh, I call them little care package cups, where we're just saying, our church is here. We love you. We're praying for you. These are unprecedented times, but by God's grace, we are going to make it through. And I think we're going to come through it even stronger uh, than we were before. I don't know if you're hearing a theme already in the introduction of my message today, but the whole message today, a brand new sermon God has given me, it's called Forward. That's right, Forward. Looking ahead, not, not behind, being optimistic, not pessimistic, being realistic, yes, but looking to see what all God has for us. There's a passage of scripture that just powerfully communicates this. It's Philippians chapter three. And so if you have your Bible, I'd uh, love for you to turn with us. Uh, we're gonna read it together. It's Philippians chapter three, verses 13 and 14. Title of the sermon again is Forward, okay? And I loved preaching on the what's after ATX. I'm, I'm grateful for the, uh, you know, for the receptivity of so many of you have been so kind and blessed and encouraged uh, through that series of messages as I joined in with many other pastors in Central Texas. But today, May 17th, I, I just felt God just giving me this text. And so I've been able to study it and ooh, I'm excited about it. I get to preach it to you today, right there in your living room or your kitchen or your bedroom, wherever you are. Come on now, open up the word of God. Are you ready? Let's read it. Here it is. Brethren, Paul says, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, I forget. I forget those things which are behind, and I reach forward, reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward, I love that. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Ooh, what a passage of scripture. Now, Paul penned these words around the midway point of the first century to the church there at Philippi. And the words that he gave them then are so powerfully accurate and apropos for us today. There's always the temptation to go backward, to recede and to kind of wave a white flag, but never for the child of God, because we should always have the posture. Are you watching me? Are you looking? We should always have this posture of leaning forward, looking upward and onward and toward what God has for his people. So here's the three words 
The first word is forward. The second word is toward. And the third word is upward. All three of those words are in the text that I just read to you. And so the title of the sermon is forward. We're looking at the Apostle Paul's message to the church at Philippi, which under God's amazing Holy Spirit is speaking us to us today. And so I hope you're gonna be encouraged today. Yes, challenged, uh, but also encouraged to know God and to be leaning forward to all that he has for us. You know, this word forward, I've shared this a couple of times with our church here at Great Hills. Uh, That's the word God gave me in January of 2020, a few months ago. I just felt like this would be the word for me and my ministry and for our church in 2020. I had no idea. I had no idea what a COVID-19 coronavirus pandemic, I didn't know what those words meant when the Lord gave me this word forward. Now I know why. Now I know why he gave this word to me. It's because that's what God wants me to do. I think that's what God wants you to do. It's to not look back and to be worried and fretful, but forget those things that are behind and press into all that God has for us. First of all, Paul says in verse 13, with humility, he says, I have not apprehended. Does that not just encourage you? It encourages me greatly. The apostle Paul has the humility to say, there's so much that I do not know. I've not apprehended everything there is to know about Christ about living for Christ, dying for Christ. He says, I have not arrived. I've not apprehended. By the way, any Christian who says, well, I've arrived. You know, I'm God's gift to the church. I'm just amazing looking at me. No, you haven't. You, I don't even think you've really begun if you have that kind of mentality. One of the greatest characteristics of a growing Christian leaning forward is humility. Lord, I, I, ooh, here, here's something God's been giving me over and over. I can't do anything without Christ, but I can do everything through Christ. John 15, 5, Philippians 4, 13, forward. He says, okay, let me begin this way. I've not arrived. I have not, appar- mm, let me tell you something. When you have that mindset and you have that humble mentality, God is attracted to that. He is attracted to to, to, to meekness. He's attracted to weakness. He's a, he can fill a vessel that is empty of self. So I haven't apprehended, and watch this, and I forget those things that are behind. Now, oftentimes we think of forgetting in a pejorative way, right? Oh, that's a negative thing. Oh man, I forgot my keys. Oh man, I can't remember my password. Oh, my word, yesterday, I should, have, I should have remembered that meeting I forgot. Oftentimes we think of forgetting is something really negative. In this text, it's something very, very positive. He, in, his, in his heart and in his mind, he says, this one thing I do. Now that's pretty purposeful. I'm going to purpose in my mind to lean forward. I haven't apprehended everything, but I'm leaning forward and I'm forgetting what lies behind. It kind of reminds me of a book I read a couple years ago by Gary Keller. Uh, Gary Keller, who co-founder of the Keller Williams Real Estate Empire. Uh, incredible. And he wrote this book called, now check this out. It's called The One Thing. In the book, 
And by the way, it's a good motivational read. He teaches us how to dismiss distractions and have a laser focus on the main objective. For Paul, it's Christ. He's the main thing. It should be the same for all of us. And yes, we've had victories and we've had failures and defeats, but we're gonna leave those in the past and and we're gonna move ahead and not worry about what's happened in the past, but look forward, look ahead. Wow, don't you love this passage uh, of scripture? Looking in the rear view mirror is not wise. By the way, some of you may be tempted to do that, to have nostalgia and just look in the past and the good old days. Look, you're wasting time on what God's doing in the present and what he wants you to do in the future. Now, not minimizing the past, grateful for the past, standing right on the shoulders of those who brought us to the place where we are, but like an athlete. And you have this whole athletic analogy and metaphor and motif in this passage of scripture. And it's, it's intense. I mean, it, it has the connotation of fervor and leaning ahead. In fact, he says, I'm pressing forward, not looking behind. Rick Malik is a great New Testament Bible scholar. I served under him briefly when I was, uh, I was getting my, my doctorate years ago and I was teaching at Criswell College. And, and I just, I love this guy. And I love the way he writes. He takes very profound and uh, deep theological thoughts and he's able just to present them in a way that's easily digestible. On this text, listen to what he says. Forgetting what is behind comprehensively expresses Paul's future, watch this, orientation. What was done was done. Both the nostalgia of the former life and the good old days of his Christian life would paralyze him in terms of what God wanted in the future. Every day was a new adventure. And then he goes on to talk about this reaching forward or straining forward. He says, think about the analogy and ponder this analogy. It's an athletic metaphor. It is particularly graphic bringing to mind, I love this, the straining of the muscles, the clear focus and complete dedication of the runner in his race to the prize. Both mental and physical discipline were necessary, uh, end of quote those things which are ahead. Oh, think about that. Forgetting those things that are behind. Man, I'm looking to the things that are ahead. What's ahead? Here's the thing that's ahead. Christ in us, Christ with us, Christ before us, and all eternity we are with him in heaven. There's a whole lot to look forward to. Hallelujah. No, I'm not minimizing hard times. I realize we're in a pandemic. I realize 30 plus million Americans have filed for unemployment. I know the days are precarious and I saw where one school out in California has canceled all their classes for the fall. No students on their campus for the whole fall semester. I'm like, wow, these are troubled times, uncertain times. What are you gonna do? You have one or two choices. You can back up or you can move ahead. Move ahead into what God wants you to experience and to enjoy. And perhaps, perhaps God is going to use you in unprecedented ways, in ways that you never could have fathomed in your wildest imagination. The first word we're looking at is the word forward. It reminds me of the word onward. 
Whenever I think about that word onward, I, I do think of Howard Schultz. Um, in 1990, uh, 1986, he became a CEO of Starbucks. Now he, he started out with Starbucks when they had four stores and he led them from 86 to 2000 and they became a, well, you know, Starbucks, a worldwide phenomenon. And he stepped away as the CEO and then he came, he came back uh, in 2008. And so for eight years, I guess he was retired from the day-to-day operations. But when he came back in 2008, Starbucks was a mess. They were having the most difficult of times. They were going backwards in every metric. And he stepped back in as the CEO from 2008 to 2017. And one of the first thing he began to do is to make changes to say, look guys, we got to get back on track. And so one Tuesday afternoon, he closed every store worldwide. On a Tuesday afternoon, he says, business is closed. We're getting the baristas together and we're gonna teach you how to do an espresso. We're gonna teach you how to do it the right way. People are like, have you lost your mind? We're gonna lose billions of dollars. He said, it doesn't matter. We got to get this thing right. Can you imagine the change, the conflict, the difficulty, the criticism? He got it all. And yet this is what he did. Every letter he wrote, every email, Every piece of communication, he signed off the same way. And this is what the one word he used, onward. Mm, like that. Onward, not backward, not satisfied with the glory of the past, but onward. In fact, the title of his book reads onward. The subtitle is how Starbucks fought for its life without losing its soul. I highly recommend it. Number one is forward, okay? Number two is a lot like it, is the word toward. You should know, where, where was that again in the verse? Verse 14, he says, I press toward the goal. Look, you, you, can't, you can't pursue a goal going sideways or going backwards. You have to move ahead. The, the word press there, you could translate it pursue. It's a, it's a present active verb. It's continuous It's not, I'm just going to press forward today and then I'm going to go backwards for the next 10 days. Then I'll come back and press. No, Paul has this mentality of this optimism, this joy, this penetrating gaze and laser-like focus in the future. Now, you know it. You know it's coming. His goal, his prize is Jesus. He wants to know him more and Make him known to others. He can't wait to spend eternity with him in heaven. By the way, if you and I have that kind of mindset, ooh-hoo. look, it's not that we'll be so heavenly minded, we'll be no earthly good. No, we don't want to do that. But we want to be so consumed with Christ, the greatest person who ever lived, the son of the living God, when we're consumed with him and we love him, we're serving him, oh, then we are living our best life then we're serving, we're helping, we're encouraging. And Paul says, that's it for me. I'm pressing toward the goal. The goal, the skopos is the Greek word. It is that marker. It's what you have your eye on. And Dr. Melick helped me here when he said, think about the runner, the runner. Oh, the runner has the goal. He has the skopos. He has the end in mind and, and he's pursuing it. And he's straining every sinew and fiber and muscle and ligament. And and he's just leaning into the goal. 
I don't know about you, but I'll do a whole lot better when I got something to look forward to. When I'm looking forward and onward and upward and toward, I'm finding that I'm, I'm, a, a lot better, I'm a lot better person to be around. You know, my weakness is to get negative and to get pessimistic, you know, you with me? And just kind of cocoon and just kind of just become self-absorbed and insulated and isolated. And God says, enough of that, come on, come on out. Look up, God is still on his throne. He's in control. He loves you. He loves me. Onward, Christian soldiers marching on to victory. I like this word, toward, don't you? What is your scopos? What's your mark? What's your objective for your life, for your family, for your relationships, for your career, for your retirement, for your ministry, for your service? We all need goals and objectives. Preeminently, it's Christ. We love him as Christians. We serve him. And we found that as we look toward him, as we look toward the the future and, and we just find ourselves filled with joy and not negativity, not toxic, not, oh goodness, here she comes. Let's everybody leave. Oh, there he is. Oh, mercy. There's a bad mood about to happen. No, not that at all, but forward and toward. You know, the beautiful thing about Christianity is we all have the same goal, right? Jesus, but it looks different for all of us. You know, my race is not your race. Uh, my journey's not your journey. <laughs> I love that commercial. The guy's doing the tattoo. He goes, stay in your lane, bro. Stay in your lane, bro. I, I get that. That's good advice, by the way. Be who God's created you to be. You're the only you. He threw away the mold. Only one person got your DNA and your fingerprint. God has invested a lot in you. He loves you. Man, he wants you to do wonderful things in his name. But if the devil can get you looking back and nostalgic and oh, the good old days, I wish we could go back. You can't, you can't go back that way. Here, look, you ever, you ever seen the, the, the Olympics and the races? Oh, that's, that's so fun. I'm gonna miss them in 2020. We'll have to catch them in 2021, right? And those runners are in those starting blocks, you know, and they're kneeling down and the gun goes off and they rise up and what do they do? Let me tell you what they don't do. They don't go back. You can't get to the goal by going back. You only get to the goal by moving forward and onward and upward and toward, right? Paul says, this is my passion, church at Philippi. We're moving ahead to the great vistas of what God has for us as individuals, as Christians, as the church, marching toward the victory. Now, the last word I have for you is upward, okay? You say, now, where is that one in the Bible? It's in verse 14. He says, for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Oh, I like one, one writer. He puts it this way. He says, vigorously. Now, that got my attention. You know, I'm studying, preparing this message. I love to read other people. I love to read their insights. And this one writer says, vigorously and with concentration, Paul sought to win the prize to which God had called him heavenward. Again, the Greek games, 
That's the motif here. That's the analogy. The Greek games must have been on his mind as he wrote of the prize. The winner in those games was called to the place where the judge sat, okay? The judge is sitting there in order to receive his prize. The winner goes to the judge, receives the prize. Now watch this. This is really good. Paul may have referred to ultimate salvation in God's presence. That's his prize, okay? Or receiving rewards at the judgment seat of Christ. Both of those things, end of quote, by the way, but both of those things are ahead. They are upward. The rewards, the blessings, the joys, the prosperity, the good days ahead, they're not behind. They're not, the past has passed. The future is ahead and the present is now And God wants you to step into victories and mighty accomplishments, wonderful feats for his name, for his glory and for your betterment. So we're talking about the word up or upward. You know, when I, I kept thinking about one individual during this message, he's a runner, he's a gold medalist, but more than that, he was a wonderful, committed follower of Christ. I read Duncan Hamilton's uh, biography of Eric Liddell a few years ago, and I highly recommend it. It's called For the Glory. Many of us, chariots of fire, dun, 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 dun. Yes, chariots of fire. 1924 Olympics. Eric Liddell, born again, strong follower of Christ. His famous race was the 100 meters. He was known as the Flying Scotsman because he was from Scotland and he was the premier most, well, there was none better in all the world. He was the fastest sprinter in the world. Everybody knew that Eric Liddell was going to win the gold medal in the 100 meters. And yet he said, I cannot do that. I'm here in Paris, but I cannot race. It's on the Lord's day and I'm going to rest on the Sabbath. The Christian Sabbath, the people like, can you imagine the criticism? Oh, he got it. And people were so angry at him. And people were pulling him aside, trying to talk him into running when he felt like God didn't want him to run. So he entered the 400 meter race. Nobody gave him any chance. By the way, there's a difference between one and four. Just, just letting you know, right? Difference between 100 meters and 400 meters. People didn't give him much chance. He entered the race. He won the race. Man. He won the gold medal in the 400 meter race. Eric Liddell, flying Scotsman, fastest man on earth. And usually that's where we stop with his life. But Duncan Hamilton does a phenomenal job saying, oh, that's just the beginning. He could have have lived a life of luxury and leisure and been a track and field coach. He could have done all sorts of things, but he said, I'm gonna follow in my family's footsteps. My mom and dad were missionaries to China. God's called me to go to China. They said, what? He said, yes, that's, that's his prize. That's his upward call. He said, God's calling me. He's married, uh, Florence, his wife, they have three daughters. And he's there in China serving the Lord and he sees that trouble is on the horizon. And during World War II, Japan comes in, occupies China and puts the foreigners, if you will, the international people, they put them in a prison camp. Right before all that happens, Eric Liddell sent his wife, Florence, and their three daughters back to Canada and he stayed. Man, 
stayed with the people, loved the people. At age 43, he had brain tumor and he died. He died, emaciated, broken body. This amazing runner, a gold medal, Olympic prized runner. But he wrote his wife a letter. He knew it was the last correspondence, the last words he would ever write his wife. He said, honey, read this and read it to the children. And these are the final four words of Eric Liddell to his wife, to his family. And here it is. Mm-mm-mm. All will be well. Do you get that? All will be well. Wow, 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 wow. So how could you say that? Because it's true. This life is not all there is. In fact, it's just transitory and transient and it's preparatory for a greater life in heaven above. That's Paul's, that's what consumed him. That was the prize. That was the goal when God calls him heavenward where he experiences Christ in heaven for all eternity. And he experiences the resurrection of the body. Can you imagine all those things that we get to anticipate as followers of Christ? It excites us. And again, I want to say it. Just because you're heavenly minded does not mean you're no earthly good. No, I believe as Christians, we should, be, we should do the most good with the lives that God has given us here on this earth. All will be well. Thank you, Lord. So we've looked so far at forward and toward and upward. What is God saying to you, all right, today through this passage of Scripture? Think about it. What does God want to do in your life now? What is God preparing you for the future? You know, Kerry Newhoff, I sure enjoy reading him, listening to his podcast. He's a pastor up in Ontario, Canada. He was a lawyer, an attorney, and he surrendered that uh, life to a life of service. He's a leader of leaders. He said, crisis is a change accelerant. Crisis is a change uh, accelerant, meaning when crisis comes like this pandemic, you know, the future where you were going it just got expedited. You just got there a whole lot faster. And what does that mean for you? What does that mean for me as a pastor? What does that mean for our local congregation? What is it that God wants us to lean into? I'm telling you, it's gonna be different. It has to be different. Our world has changed. It's like overnight, things have changed drastically. What is the church of the living God going to do? Who, who are we going to get to reach? What churches are we going to get to plant? What kind of venues and opportunities lie in the... Mm, I don't know, but I'm excited. I'm excited, oh God, show us the way. And we are going to move toward the prize, forward, upward, toward, onward to what God has for us to do. Now, here's the thing. If you don't know the Lord, you don't have a relationship with Christ Man, you got to get in the race. You got to get in the game. You're on the starting block, all right? And what you do in the starting block, you launch into the race. And the way that happens as, as a Christian is you receive Christ. 
You ask the Lord to forgive you of your sins, to come into your life. Oh, listen, what a great life he has for you. It's going to be a life of humility and sacrifice and service, yes, but it's going to be a grand life of forgiveness and joy and all the blessings of heaven. You want that life? I want that life for you. So let me, let me help you. If you just receive the Lord right now into your heart, it's, it's so simple a child can understand, and yet it's so profound because the implications last all throughout eternity. And the decision that you make right here, right now, determines the rest of your life, how you're going to live your life, and where you'll spend eternity. Won't you pray with me? Just say out loud. You can just pray out loud. You can repeat after me. Dear God in heaven, I believe in you. I trust you. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God who died for me on the cross, arose from the dead. I trust you, Lord, to be my Savior, to be my Lord. Forgive me of my sins. I commit my life to you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hey, praise God. Welcome to the family of God. If you prayed that prayer with me and you meant it in your heart, let me tell you, God's got big plans for you. I'm telling you, big, big plans for you. And he's got a heaven awaiting you. Let us know. Look, you can go to info at ghbc.org and just say, I received Christ. I prayed with the pastor during his message on May 17th. I just wanted to let you know I'm writing like this, but you'll be typing it like this, right? Let us know so we can rejoice with you. We can send you some material that'll help you grow in your walk with God. And if you're in the Austin area, come on. Come on to our church and let us walk with you and disciple you. If you already know the Lord, God bless you. I am with you. I'm for you. And God's got big, big plans. I know times are hard, but I know our God is sovereign. He's on the throne. What amazing things he has in store for his church. We love you. God bless you. Great Hills Baptist Church and all people that are listening to us literally all over the world. May the Lord bless you now as we continue to sing praise and worship to our great God.